Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer Podcast. I'm joined today with Simon Lee. Simon, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. It is excellent to have you on. So Simon is one of the leading creative minds in Australian advertising. He's the chief creative officer and partner at The Hallway. The Hallway has a well-earned reputation as one of Australia's top advertising agencies, working with brands like GWM, Google, Nova, Dexa, Streammotion, Tourism, Fiji, and many more. Uh, it was only last month that The Hallway won Ad Campaign of the Year, as well as Independent Agency of the Year at the 2022 b Awards. Um, Simon, it's a it's a great kind of story, the whole way, and all the great work you've been doing over the recent years. And today, we thought it'd be great to have you onto the pod to discuss in in much more detail um, the ad campaign of the year that that won that award, which was the Boys Do Cry campaign that it was conceived and and um, has gone into market off the work of the hallway and others. So let's get into it. So if we could just talk, I guess, start with how it came together and the the different stakeholders that that have kind of been involved yeah well i hope you're all sitting comfortably because it's quite a, <laughs> it's quite it's quite a long story campaigns like uh, boys do cry take a bit of time to, to to bring out into the world and so this specific story started i think it was probably in about 20 2018 and i can't remember exactly how we came across these stats but we were made aware of, of, of the horrifying reality that an average of six men in Australia take their own take their own lives. And um, I was just flabbergasted by, by that statistic to think that in this, this wonderful country that we live in, in Australia, that there's six men every day who, who feel so bad that they feel the only the only way is to take their own life. They don't actually want to want to continue. Mm. And so it was one of those moments for me where I felt very strongly that that was that was unacceptable, and um, that we as creative people, um, that there must be something that we could something that we could do. And and so we started by really asking that question of, of why you know why why is it that that um, that, that men are taking their own lives? And through doing that, we um, surfaced another statistic that is that. That men represent 75% of all suicides in in Australia, but only 25% of the people who reach out for help for mental health issues are men. So you get this very clear sense there that you that, that there's a lot of guys who are doing it really tough, but they're not actually they're not reaching out for help. Getting help, yeah. Which then prompts another question of why are they not why they're not getting help, and and that's where it gets really very interesting because you start to sort of realize and there was a, a book that I that I read by the British artist um, Grayson Perry called The Fall of Man um, and in that he talks about the Ministry of Masculinity which is this sort of unspoken unwritten series of male commandments in a sense that that, that have dictated for generations the the um, a sort of traditional mold of what it is to be a man and those dictates include things like you know um, real men don't talk about their feelings mm. they don't reach out for help when they need it and perhaps the cornerstone of the dictates of traditional masculinity is that boys <laughs> don't cry mm. and so it's then we kind of go hang on boys boys don't cry started to think about that and they go well hang on what if we took what if we took the um the cures um iconic song boys don't cry and transformed it 
to turn it into Boys Do Cry, which would be an anthem for a new mold mm. of, of masculinity. So that was kind of that was the that was the spark of the of the idea, if you like. But then, you know, from there you you, you have an idea. It's the, it's then about kind of making that making that idea um, a, a reality. And so we started by writing the rewriting rewriting the lyrics. In fact, I'd had some conversations with some good muso friends of mine from um, a company called Uncanny Valley. So um, Charlton Hill and Justin Shave over there, and I'd presented them just a one pager yeah. of the idea, an outline of the idea, and said, "Hey guys, what do you think?" And said, "Look." I think it's fantastic. We've, we've got to do this, and I said to them, "Well, hey, we, you know, we need we need to get these lyrics. Who's going to write them?" And I was expecting Charlton, who who's a, a pretty experienced singer-songwriter, to say, "Hey, I'll do it." And he's just sort of pointed at me and said, "Well, you're going to write them." <laughs> said, well, hang on, I've written some bad poetry in my time, and, and I've written a lot of a lot of TV ads and scripts, but I've never really kind of seriously written a song. I said, "Look, you, you know, this is this is this is coming from you. You've got you've got to write it." Um, so I did. I took the. I took the the original as the framework, and then rewrote the lyrics to 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 really be, as I say, an anthem for a new mold of masculinity, all about actually sharing your emotions and 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 getting talking when the going gets tough. And then we recorded an acoustic demo of the song with uh, with Charlton. Mm-hmm. Had a meeting with the folks at um, Universal Music. Um, they came into the agency. We played them the song. We told them what it was all about, and there were there were tears shed in that meeting. Oh, wow. and they very um very kindly said that they would support so they would support this but then of course they have a certain say but the real person who could actually green light us being able to use the songs is mr robert smith of the of the cure yeah and so um a few weeks went by where we knew that uh that robert the great robert smith was looking at <laughs> just looking at our lyrics and then the call came in um one day a few weeks later to say yeah Robert Smith's on board, oh. so um, it's you know go go ahead you 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 can you can use the song, but we still at that point then we had a song that that was approved and licensed and what have you, but we didn't have any money and 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 and, and we knew that to really launch launch this as pointedly as possible that we we needed a we needed a film along with the along with the song a music video as it were. Um, and so, so this by this point we're probably in in 2019, and there was a long period, probably about the best part of a year, where I basically went around pitching this idea to all sorts of different people, from sporting bodies to not-for-profits to various um, sort of clients and, and people in our network, and the response was unanimously positive in the sense that everyone could see the merit in the idea, but there's a big gap between seeing the merits in an idea and having having the money to back it. Yeah. And so it was always a case of it's great, but. And so sometimes the but would be, look, we're already supporting other charities. This doesn't align with our strategic objectives or simply I'd love to, but I, we just don't we just don't have any budget until ultimately I um, had a, a colleague of colleague of mine arranged a meeting for us to talk with with unlimited. Um, and it was Rachel Troy, who at the time was the chief operating officer at Unlimited, presented her the idea. She said, it's great. And it was no longer a but it was it's great. And and she said, and Gotcha for Life is one of our charities. I think it's a perfect match. You've got to meet them. And so um, 
next thing I'm in a meeting room with Gus Warland and um, the producer of his documentary, Man Up, Jennifer Cummins, a lady called Cum Jennifer Cummins, and pitched the idea to them. They they loved it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd never met Gus before, but by the end, end of the meeting, we were we were hugging like long lost brothers wow. and cry, crying and <laughs> sharing our stories <laughs> uh, and, uh, and what have you. And um, it transpired that uh, Jennifer had a fantastic relationship with the University of Melbourne Centre for Mental Health and that they actually had some government funding to create some content to drive positive impacts around hmm. male mental health and do a study on it. And that's how we that's how we managed to to fund the project. Yeah, so wow. and then and then through Unlimited, we had um, Initiative come on board as the as the media partner, and through them, really the whole of the Australian media media industry. We pitched it to them, and we had fantastic support um, from from media owners to to bring this thing into market. And so it was um, almost well, it was a pretty much a year ago today. So in late November, 2021. That, um, that finally this project that had been conceived back in, originally conceived in 2018, finally saw the, saw, saw the light of day. Amazing. And that date a year ago, was that when the video was shot or is that when it went into market? No, that, that's, when, that's, that's when we went live. Yeah, so we went live in the, in the November. We'd shot the video. I think we shot the video in about May, May 2021. And so that was with um, our partners, production partners, Good Oil and fantastic... Um, young director Tom Campbell who came on board and brought his creative vision to it um, and um, that was a huge a hugely emotional day with with lots of wonderful people coming together to 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 to, to, to shoot this um this very emotional piece of film I'd, I'd love it um, to to talk about that for a few minutes and I think for listeners um, to the pod if, if you're not driving a car at the moment it pause the pod and jump across to YouTube boys do cry we'll bring it up is that right? I think that's the it's the first um, first first result when you do a search and I think watch stop the pod and listen to watch the video. Um, it is I think highly emotional. I think it's fair to say. Um, so I think it'd be yeah really interesting to dig into where it was shot, how how it all came to be, um, just everything to do with that the actual day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than happy. I mean, that was it. That's a big part of the story of bringing this to life because we. We uh, the the actual kind of creative execution went through a number of different a number of different possible iterations. We we started actually initially thinking maybe we would get together a sort of ensemble of Australian celebrities to to, to come together and get some recording artists and then even some sort of um, influential figures, male figures from the world of sport and what have you, and, and do that. And so we spoke to a few people, and there was a, a little bit of interest, but it, it it wasn't really coming together as we as we'd have liked it to. And then we actually, and it was working with with Tom from Good Oil that we actually realised, you know what, this needs to be for this to be as powerful as it can be. It actually just needs to be regular guys. Um, and so it, it then came down to ensuring that we had a really diverse array. Of, um, of of ages and cultural backgrounds and ethnicities, so that it really was represent representing everyone. And so that was the the casting pro process was to was to really get a, a bunch a bunch of regular blokes of all backgrounds together to form this um this real men real men's choir. And that's what we got. And so this wasn't a bunch of people who sing together all of the time. It was they came together. Um, we first recorded the track in a studio, just the audio, a sort of um, a demo that we could have as a, a background track when we were shooting. And then we came together 
in um, Marrickville Town Hall. Hmm. Um, and so it, it was yeah, May 2021. And I remember the day, it was a beautiful day, beautiful sunny day. And I drove my car and I parked it um, on a side street not far from Marrickville Town Hall. And I was, I was walking up the street, the choir, the guys were already in there rehearsing. And so I had this extraordinary realization that finally these words that, that, that I'd written, this idea that we'd had was actually, um, it was coming it was coming to fruition as I heard the sounds of the song echoing out of um, of Marrickville of Marrickville Town Hall amazing um, and I suppose the other the other important person who was part of that choir was um, um was Dallas so so Dallas Woods who's a, an indigenous Australian rapper from the Kimberley and we'd had a conversation with him um, a few months a few months before the shoot it was through his um through his record label and we told him about the idea. And basically, unfortunately, the Kimberley is one of the sort of suicide capitals of the world. Mm. And so Dallas has had far too much exposure to, to people in his in his community, um, friends, family members um, affected by by suicide. And so it was something that was very close to his heart. And so pretty much immediately when I told him about the idea, his words were, well, tell me where I need to be and when, and I'll be there. Mm. And so he then, um, he then, there was creatively, there was the question then of how do we, how do we integrate a, a rap into this, into this sort of fairly paired back acoustic um, piano rendition of the song. But we, we gave him our lyrics and gave him a, a sort of piano track and he went away and wrote the rap that you'll, that you'll hear. Um, when you watch the music video or listen to the song, and when I when I received an email with those lyrics, it ends with the with the words, "I I wish I'd had that convo with my brothers in the sky," R.I.P. Mm. And even as I say those words now, I feel myself kind of tingle and and tear up because it was just it was just so emotionally so emotionally powerful. And so um, I'm I'm sort of eternally grateful to Dallas for being part of this journey because I think that his words and his performance are, are hugely impactful. And on the actual day, like how, how long did filming take? Was it kind of one shot and done? Was it multiple, multiple? <laughs> it's like, what, what, can you, what can you tell us about the actual... No, it, it, was a, it, <laughs> it, was, it was a really long shoot day because you are... You're sort of working mostly with people who who've never been on camera before. Some of them, so there were guys who had been in choirs and what have you, and so the the performance piece um, they were fairly comfortable with. But actually, you know, getting them getting them all to be a coherent a coherent bunch from a singing perspective was a little bit of a challenge. But we had we had great people as part of our crew who were very experienced in that space, and we also had um, Eddie Baru, who is the the, the bearded chap that that you see in in the video who is um who is actually a pretty experienced actor and he did an incredible job in really bringing that group together in a very yeah, authentic nice. way but one of the things that you'll see when you watch the, when you watch the video is there's an incredible incredible vulnerability to the to the to the cast to the guys and that was again all credit to to Tom and and his first assistant and 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 the crew because we were really able to capture i mean the fact is i think for, for most of us if you're suddenly put into a, a town hall and asked to sing in front of a camera it's it is uncomfortable you know and then on top of that the words that you are singing are encouraging vulnerability mm. they're, they're the sorts of words that that men traditionally aren't comfortable saying and so um i think 
yeah, it was wonderful to be able to capture that because in the film, the intent was to really get a sense initially of a of a reticence and a reluctance to kind of open up and and express express themselves. But then as they as they start to sing together and realize, hey, together we're changing this. Mm. It becomes a confident rallying cry to go right, guys. We can we can change this. We can we can herald in a a new era of um of a healthier and happier, more vulnerable masculinity. But it definitely captures that, right? Like you can, it's so raw at the beginning, um, and it, you feel it build as it as it moves through. I think it, like if that was the intent, that it kind of was um was completely nailed, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. So I'm, I mean, it's and it's great to, great to hear you say that because that was that was absolutely the, the intent. But I suppose the other thing we where we we knew something special was happening when throughout the day there'd be different people who'd been involved in the project in different ways would come and sort of poke their heads in to have a look at the at what was going on at the shoot, and and almost almost to a man, people would come in, hear what the guys were doing. <laughs> And then you'd see them sort of, you know, wiping, <laughs> wiping, wiping a tear, wiping That's a beautiful. tear. Sort of, oh, it, it was, it was. And, and so the sense of um, camaraderie between everyone that was there. I think we all knew that mm. we were doing some, we were doing something important. And 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 for us all as, as creative people, it was so beautiful because we're u- we're using our our sort of gift, our talent, or whatever you call it, our creativity. Um, for for good um and i think every, everyone found that to be hugely positive and pleasing experience uh, and i want to i kind of want to pause that point because i do want to come back to it um later on in the discussion but I, I guess it'd be really interesting to hear about what the rollout has been like how it's been received where it's been seen what the uh, initial impact has been yeah and i think and i think it's really it's really important that we do discuss it because unless it's Unless the work is having impact, it's just pretty pictures and nice sounds that maybe an, an award jury likes or what have you. Yeah. Um, but that's not what it's about. This is about driving, driving real change. And so um, there's a number of a number of really compelling statistics from a results point of view. But the first is 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 a, is a reach number, which is an absurdly large reach number uh, in the region of 140 million um, Since people. All from, is, all from is one reach- idea. And so we were. So we were originally. I mean, the core audience was was Australia and Australian men. But as those numbers suggest, it, it pretty much went global. And we were receiving emails and social media messages from people all around the world. So we got messages from um, a psychology professor in Lisbon who was playing it to to their students on on first thing on Monday morning, going right. I want to show that there was a school in Germany who um, were asking for the lyrics because they wanted to perform it with their music class. Um, there was um, people in South Africa getting in contact to, to, to sort of find out more about it all. And then and literally thousands of social media messages from from people whose lives have been impacted by suicide and people actually thanking us for doing that work and encouraging us to do to do more of it. And that was um, it was this heart kind of heart, both heartwarming and heartbreaking to, to hear. Hmm to hear to hear some of those stories and then in terms of in terms of impact the university of melbourne as i said earlier their center for mental health conducted a study with i think it was about 500 men of varying varying um ages from sort of 15 to 80 something something like that and um very encouragingly the results of that survey was that over 51 percent of all guys who saw this film were more positively inclined to reach out for help 
hmm. when they when 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 they saw it. So that's that's hugely encouraging, and it, it basically says to you, well, the more people see this film, um, the more positive impact we have. So it's a case of just just getting getting eyeballs on it. And then I suppose still all, all, all of that's all, all well and good, but if we've not got demonstrable demonstrable change, you know, there's still work to be done. But if you look at the the website stats, we've actually seen now over 40,000 men who have visited boysdocry.com.au have gone on to seek help through the links that are, that are on that on that website. That's amazing. And so we and, and so we know that if people are reaching out for help, that we're we're decreasing the the sort of potential of them to to go and to go and, and think about or or or, or to, to to do the to do the unthinkable. Um, and so it's it's hugely encouraging. How did you um how did you go about promoting it? Um, well, it was so both paid and and earned. So it went out initially the full sort of three and a half minute music video was out on online platforms so on on youtube and vimeo and 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 what have you there were then cut downs of that that ran as tv commercials so i think we had a 30 and some and a series of 15s and then a whole bunch of out of home um and so the out of home was really great really simple copy-led executions that were quite literally sort of rewriting these these dictates of masculinity so don't talk about your feelings became do talk mm -hmm. about your feelings um all in line with boys don't cry becoming boys do cry so that was so that was very impactful radio was a big part of it as well so we did a full radio ad break takeover where we ran the, the full three and a half minutes of the song with with the call to action and then a, a bunch of shorter sort of 30 second 30 second radio as well and then another interesting part of it was working with um working with tiktok so we sort of went out to the tiktok creator community and there was um a couple of people in particular who picked it up and, and ran with it and that extended our our reach um, massively, and then on top of that, both Gus and both Gus and I were very um, active from a PR point of view, doing radio, TV, whatever interviews. Any anyone who wanted us to talk about it, we were there. We were there to talk about it. <laughs> um, how did it? How did it seed internationally? That's it's a it's a it's a good question because it wasn't. We didn't. Um, yeah. We didn't do anything intentional. But that uh, and and perhaps. Perhaps in hindsight we should have, and, and <laughs> phase, that number might have even be bigger. Yeah. But it just it just happened organically. I mean, it went out for the advertising community. It did get picked up by the Drum over in London, and and um, and one of the big American sites. I can't remember whether it was Adweek. I think it was the, Adweek. I think researching for this, I think I found an article. Yeah. Yeah. So they picked it up, and then from those, it got into you know various sort of industry industry blogs and uh, and what have you but how how it got beyond beyond that was was just organic through mostly through social media hmm. really amazing um is it the thing you're most proud of do you think in your career to date there's a few there's there's a, i mean there's a bunch of things i've done that i am proud of i think i think yes <laughs> yeah it it, it 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 is it is the thing that i'm the most proud of in the sense that it's um it's with this fabulous team here at the hallway coming together to do something with a really strong positive impact. And so I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, I'm proud of the idea. 
I'm proud of the team, and that's the hallway team and our partners that came that came together to came together to do it, mm. and and super proud. I mean, Gus Warden said to me right at the beginning of the of the journey, he said, "Look, Simon, whatever happens, just know when you go to bed at night that you've made something that is going to be saving lives." It's amazing, I mean, isn't it? You can't really you can't really ask for much more than that. Yeah. So yeah, very proud. Have you had any feedback from Robert Smith? I haven't. Other than, well, actually, actually, I say that I haven't. I think he's. I think Robert is quite reclusive. I've had indirectly had feedback. So when um, when the film was sent over, because he actually had final sign off on the film, so that was a ner- again a nerve wracking wait to see whether mm. he'd whether yeah, he'd wow. like the film, and the feedback came back to say that he didn't just like it. He 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 loved it. In fact, they've never Universal have never had such a positive response to a piece of sync um before wow. so um so that was fantastic and then i suppose um the ultimate compliment is that he actually retweeted the video and the campaign on his own socials that's brilliant. so I'll, I'll take that as a i'll take that as a <laughs> as a nod a nod from the great man i think i think that sounds about right um i'd love to bring us back now to you know you're in merrickville town hall and and a bunch of ad agency people and peripheral people have kind of come together and you know everyone's getting emotional and kind of talking about using you know these, these um these skills and knowledge for good um which i think is kind of the the second part to the conversation today where i'd like to steer things is yeah advertisers brands responsibility around doing good how do you feel about it yeah discuss simon that's <laughs> <laughs> like, a, it's like what's, a, what's our a, role <laughs> well i mean i i have i have i have quite a quite a strong view on this and and the people who might have seen me speak at various various things or the odd article that i've kind of published in the in the trade media and that i actually view every single media spot every every billboard every radio spot every tv spot as as an opportunity to put something positive into the world the the, the world needs needs positive impact now that doesn't always mean that every i'm not saying that every one of these spots should be filled with um with not-for-profit work or for cause related work but i do believe that all of us as brands marketers and their agencies have got a responsibility to, to to fill those spaces with positive work at the very least work that 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 entertains or makes you makes you think differently in a positive way or at its best actually drives positive behavior that is for the is for the good of the good the good of us all so i think and i guess leaning into that is i think the statistics that you presented at the beginning of the pod are shocking right and probably not all that surprising sadly in terms of just the stereotype of what it is to be a man and to to not be vulnerable and not open up and to keep things kind of bottled up what are your observations around how brands speak to men like have, have things changed or are we still presenting this kind of we're basically just doubling down on all the stereotypes and um that, that we've kind of been dealing with for basically forever it's it's a it, it's a really really good question and and i think that we are starting to make some some positive some positive progress but still i would say that there's far too much of the stereotype of either dumb blokey bloke 
sorry to so I'm not going to say sort of names, but the, yeah. the sort of gambling category in particular. Yeah. It's just if you watch that, you'd think that every bloke is just is a, a is a, is an absolute moron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like a like an ape. Yeah. On the one hand, then on the other hand, you've got sort of the perfect ab guy um, with the perfect job who's the go-getter, you know, sort of Gillette kind of early 90s style advertising. Yeah. You still see that. Now, I don't have a problem with that guy. I don't have a problem. There are some perfectly jawed, you know, great ab chiseled sort of perfect go-getters. And there are um, some apes. But in the middle, there's a whole load of different and an incredible wonderful diversity of people who identify as male yep. in that whole spectrum and so where we need to be working is ensuring that that full spectrum of masculinity is is represented alongside ape and chiseled guy hmm. um, because it's that that's and there's there's wondrous wondrous creative possibility and stories to be told of of normal guys and you know what what normal what normal actually means which is actually wondrously diverse and that's yeah. what we should be that's what we should be celebrating and back to the point around around responsibility it's only been relatively recently in my life that i've realized the impact that advertising had on my perception of what it was to be a man and so you know i turn i turn 50 next year so I was a teenager in the in the late 80s, early 90s. And when I reflect back on it, I absolutely the perception that I had of what masculinity was, was that was that Gillette thing. Hmm. I remember the ads and wanting to be that wanting to be the Gordon Gecko style, you know, Wall Street bloke or just just these ludicrously high achievers or the mm. hero I remember an ad for hero aftershave of a, a guy emerging from a fire clutching a puppy. Mm. Yeah, and as a 13 or 14 year old, you're going, oh, my gosh, that's what it's that's what what it's all about. And it's it's ultimately hugely dangerous that that you can't live up. You cannot live up to that. Yeah, I think it just it reinforces a, a, an impossibility. Right. Which then mm. if you <laughs> once again, if you bring it back to the beginning of the conversation, it's just, you know, heaping on, you know, expectations that are unrealistic that just cripple. Right. Yeah, massive, ma yeah, mass massive pressure to to conform to that. Because if you're not if you're not doing that, you're not you're not you're not doing it right. And yeah. so, you know, I think, uh, and I'm not sure how many of us in in Adland and in marketing are really conscious of the responsibility that we have. Mm. I think it's far too easy to be able to to say, oh, hey, it's just advertising. Well, you mm. know what, advertising is a significant part of the cultural of the cultural landscape and it's the cultural landscape that shapes our ideas of, of the world and how we should behave in it mm. so if we want to live if we want to live in a healthy happy balanced world then we've got a massive part to play in painting the picture of the world that we want to live in because we are quite literally co-creating it yeah that's that's 100 right um and it's not a i don't think it's a conversation that that really is happening or has happened typically, right? I think there's um probably a, a wider awareness of the the typical portrayal of you know what it is to be a woman in terms of body shape and body type, which thankfully, hopefully, is is changing, right? Um, but I think it probably isn't as often thought of as to you know what yeah what the Gillette perfect you know perfect abs and perfect teeth kind of 
does to to men as well, right? I think stand to gain a lot by having more re, re, realistic expectations on what it is to be normal, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Simon, um, first of all, I think congratulations. Like it's um, to to have an idea, to feel passionate about something, um, to do good is is ideal. But I think to actually um, tenaciously hunt it down and get it done, and to to have that kind of reach, right? In terms of <laughs> 125 million people when your target market was probably about 10 million Australian blokes is, isn't bad. Um, I, I said earlier on in the pod to go to YouTube, but the website itself is probably is, um, a good place to direct yeah. listeners as well. Yeah, boysdocry.com.au. Boys yeah. Um, so yeah, if you haven't listened or watched the, the video, I recommend you to do so. Um, and, and Simon, where, where can we find you? I guess we're, we're LinkedIn, website address, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm actually not as active as I probably should be on social media, but um, yeah, you can find me. Just look for Simon Lee the Hallway on LinkedIn, or um, actually our, our website thehallway.com.au. Excellent. I'm going to um, yeah, really sorry, re- really really keen and happy to hear from anyone who shares my passion for using creativity to drive positive impact in the world. Awesome, Simon. Thanks for spending your time with us on the Smarter Marketer podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.